This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining us for our daily Bible study. I'll be reading from Acts chapter 18 from the World English Bible. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth. He found a certain Jew named Aquila, a man of the Pontus by race, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. He came to them, and because he practiced the same trade, he lived with them and worked, for by trade they were tent makers. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded Jews and Greeks. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook out his clothing and said to them, Your blood be on your heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So in Corinth, we see Paul went to the synagogue every Sabbath to try to convince and persuade them that Jesus was the Christ. When the Jews of that city rejected the message, well, Paul acknowledged at, at this point that he had performed his responsibility, and he warned them that their blood was going to be on them and not on him. He would instead take the message to the Gentiles. Verse 7, He departed there and went into the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord and all his house. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. The Lord said to Paul in the night by vision, Don't be afraid, but speak, and don't be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many people in this city. He lived there a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. And so Paul, after he told the Jews he was leaving to go to the Gentiles, he literally moved next door. <laughs> to the man's house that was beside uh, the synagogue. And so many of the Corinthians believed and were baptized. Again, we see that faith and baptism hand in hand here. Um, that's the pattern of the early church. And this included the ruler of the synagogue. And then the Lord told Paul, don't be afraid, don't be silent. What I need you to do is to speak. Verse 12, but when... Gallio was proconsul of Achaia. The Jews, with one accord, rose up against Paul and brought him before the judgment seat, saying, This man persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If indeed it were a matter of wrong or of wicked crime, you Jews, it would be reasonable that I should bear with you. But if they are questions about words and names in your own law, look to it yourselves, for I don't want to be a judge of these matters. So he drove them from the judgment seat. Then all the Greeks seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, well, that's a mouthful, and beat him before the judgment seat. Gallio didn't care about any of these things. So the Jews took Paul before the judgment seat to try to stop him from witnessing to Christ. But remember, God had already assured him that he was not going to be hurt. He was not going to be attacked. And so Gallio, whenever he heard it, he dismissed the matter. And in the end, the Greeks actually ended up punishing one of the Jewish leaders instead of Paul. And so their plan backfired. Verse 18, Paul, having stayed after this many more days, took his leave of the brothers and sailed from there for Syria, together with Priscilla and Aquila. He shaved his head in Centraea, for he had a vow. 
He came to Ephesus, and he left them there. But he himself entered into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to stay with them a longer time, he declined. But taking his leave of them, he said, I must by all means keep this coming feast in Jerusalem. But I will return again to you if God wills. Then he set sail from Ephesus. When he had landed at Caesarea, he went up and greeted the assembly and went down to Antioch. Having spent some time there, he departed and went through the region of Galatia and Phrygia in order establishing all the disciples. So earlier, Paul had told the Jews in Corinth that he was going to the Gentiles, but he wasn't rejecting the Jews, his own race or his own people as a race, or he wasn't stating that the Jews couldn't be saved. He was speaking to those people at Corinth that didn't want to hear the gospel. When he arrived at Ephesus, we see the first thing he did was go into the synagogue. And this time he found Jews that were interested in his doctrine. In fact, they wanted him to stay longer, but he had business to take care of. He had to go back to Jerusalem. On his way to Jerusalem, though, he stopped at the different um, um, churches, assemblies, and where there was disciples, and he was able to establish those disciples. So you have to remember all of these churches were very young. Um, uh, as he had been on his missionary journeys, they they were basically the entire church would be new converts. And so he would start a work and then move and start a work somewhere else. So as he's coming back through, he's able to check on the work, to teach them, to answer questions, uh, if there were situations, possibly he can make judgments. So again, he's making disciples here. It's an ongoing process. After they believe, they still need instructions and in righteousness. Verse 24, Now a certain Jew named Apollos, an Alexandrian by race, an eloquent man, came to Ephesus. He was mighty in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus although he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, but when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. When he had determined to pass over into Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to receive him. When he had come, he greatly helped those who had believed through grace, for he powerfully refuted the Jews, publicly showing by the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. So, Apollos evidently was a disciple of John's. Um, remember, John told of the coming of Jesus and even identified Christ to, to be the Lamb of God, the one that they were waiting on and believing on. And so he went from the scriptures and he taught about Christ. And he was eloquent, mighty, or knowledgeable in the scriptures. But his knowledge wasn't perfect because he only knew the baptism of John. Now that's interesting. He's preaching Jesus. He knows the baptism of John. Very clearly he's lacking something because it says he only knew the baptism of John. What was he missing? Well, he has faith. He has the name of Jesus. He has repentance and baptism. That's part of the baptism of John, baptism in water anyway. But what we see in the New Testament church is after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, uh, the baptism in water was symbolic of those very things and the ra the raising up in new life and truly a forgiveness of every sin 
And they were instructed to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And so uh, when we look at the pattern of the scripture, the only thing I could see that he could be missing here, uh, if the problem is that he only knew the baptism of John, was either the further revelation of baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins, or, and probably and, the baptism of the Spirit. Because John told him the baptism of the Spirit would come uh, after him. And, and that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. It came from Christ. And so, the baptism in the name of Jesus, baptism of the Spirit, these would seem to be the obvious things that he was lacking if he only knew the baptism of John. Priscilla and Aquila uh, privately explained the way of God more accurately to him. Um, they they didn't embarrass him. They didn't intentionally try to be confrontational. They didn't treat him as if he was the enemy. Um, what he knew and believed, he was boldly declaring. And so they reached out to him and in kindness and friendship uh, and respect, were able to explain the word better to him, and he received it. And so Apollos then becomes a great asset to the church and powerfully refutes the Jews by publicly speaking, using his gift, and showing from the scriptures that Jesus was the Christ. So we're going to pray, and we're going to ask the Lord again. The theme here throughout the book of Acts is revival. It's just a book of revival. And so we want to pray and ask the Lord that he would help us to be able to share his gospel, uh, to find people and show the way more perfectly to them, and uh, that we would see a great moving of the Spirit. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for your word. I ask you that you would send a great revival in our day. We pray, Lord, that we would open our mouth. I, I pray that anyone that's listening here would have the courage to speak up and not be silent. I pray that we would have the wisdom to be able to share the truth in love and for those that sincerely have a measure of faith and a measure of revelation that you would help us to uh, show them the way of God more accurately. I ask that you would use us all to perform your great will. We pray it in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.